What up, fold? <laughs> fold. <laughs> we should have sound effects with sheep and wolves. That would be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I say. So yeah, whenever you curse, I'll have a I'll have a wolf sound effect, and whenever we're about to mention Jesus, I'll have a sheep sound effect, <laughs> <laughs> like I did for what was the Exorcist episode where I just kind of put it over. I put the oh yeah, you just over. had the tubular bells for like five <laughs> seconds, uh-huh. for not even it was like just a it was like a half a bar of music. Yeah, <laughs> just for funsies. Yeah. Yeah. That took forever <laughs> to edit that in, but but it was fun. <laughs> Oh, it's totally cool. Yeah, yeah, you did it pretty quickly for taking forever. Yeah. <laughs> well, trust me, I ignored my family for quite some time to get it done. <laughs> hey, sometimes you got to do those things. You know, the sacrifices <sighs> I make, Neil. <laughs> yes. All for Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And for downloads. And for downloads. Yeah. yeah so what are you drinking today? I see you got today a fancy I beard. Have, I got a fancy beard today. I have a golden monkey. Oh, the one we kind of talked about before. I was actually looking for the same thing. Uh, Smiths didn't have it, and I didn't want to go to the actual liquor store. But I was going to buy Golden Monkey. I found it at Vaughn's, Ah. and it was just there. I didn't see, like, a Golden Monkey section. I just saw it sitting there, like, oh, for God. And I was like, I will take this now. (laughs) And, you know, it's a triple Belgium beer. Yeah. It's by Victory out of uh, Pennsylvania. But oh, I didn't realize stuff. it was Pennsylvania. I didn't either. I thought it was a West Coast kind of thing. And yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's a good one. It's got a good hit to it too. I think it's like eight or nine percent or something. Right. Well, oh, speaking with... of eight or huh? Oh, no, you no. go. You go. All right. Okay, I'll go. Okay, you speaking go. of eight or nine percent. <laughs> It was funny because, uh, what's it called? At uh, softball, I'll, I'll have a, a tall boy of uh, Genesee uh, Ice or Black. I think it's Black. Now, I like uh, Genesee beer is a, a beer from Rochester, which is funny because I, I discovered the cream ale years ago working at Trader Joe's. We used to sell it in bottles. And then they kind of disappeared. And I remember telling Lisa, like, oh, I, I drink this Genesee cream ale. It's so good. And she's like... Jesse Cream Ale is like the Rochester beer. Like, it's like our Budweiser of beer of Rochester. Like the breweries down, you know, down the street from my parents' house and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what? <laughs> really? That's so awesome. Yeah, so when we go to visit her folks, I go to the brewery. But it is just like, and then, like, what's funny is, like, everybody in her family think I'm weird because I love this one beer to them that's like the swill, you know? <laughs> Right, right. But to it's, me, it was always something different. So what they do is they have this black or something like that, and it's it's like a malt liquor, so it's like got nine percent or something in it, and uh, and uh, so I'll have a can of that after softball sometimes too. But actually, last week the two kicked my butt because I don't think I ate enough. You know, like I didn't right, eat and then you're running around and sweating and dehydrated. Yeah, probably. So when I had it after, and then when I was like at home and stuff, I was okay. And then all of a sudden, I was like, 
when I woke up, I felt like I was drinking all night. So I don't know if that's just because I'm over 40 or what. Yeah, that's because you're getting old. <laughs> what happened was two weeks ago, poor Romel, he kind of pulled something in his leg during the game. And, um, you know, and I said, here, drink this. This will make you feel better. And he's like, all right. Because Angelica was driving him home anyway. So he was just like, ooh, this is pretty good. <laughs> Uh, and and I, I think was, he drank it ra- rather quickly, so he texted me. He was like, whoa, what's in this? That's that same cream ale? No, this is the black. Oh, the black, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you can find that more than the cream ale now, which is weird, but whatever. I'm All just right, so surprised that they have it out here. Yeah, it's. but see, the thing is you can't get like a 12-pack. They only sell them in the tall boy 24-ounce cans. Hmm. So they got like four kinds that you can find out here in those tall boys, but they, but I can't get a I can't get a twelve pack, I can't get a six pack, I can't get a them in bottles, I can't get any of that stuff. So Genesee, if you're listening, send us yeah. send us your beer. Send us your beer. I'm already giving you shout outs. It's almost like an ad. <laughs> yeah, I know. Send us your beer for this free ad that Neil just gave you. <laughs> I know. We're giving all these beer companies like free promote, free uh, advertising to our twenty-three listeners. I know, right? Um, so I'm drinking uh, seven five. Um, I've I've had this one on the show before. Um, seven five. It's that's uh, oh, Ryan Reeves it's beer. The local, yeah, yeah. Uh, the local Ryan, Ryan Reeves of the Golden Knights. Yeah, I just picked up the the training day ale. There wasn't anything like I wanted to get the Golden Monkey. That's what I went to the store for. I literally because uh, sometimes Smiths will carry it, and so I went to Smiths and I was like, ah, oh, I'm gonna pick up some Golden Monkey because Neil talked about it. And then uh, they didn't have any, and so I was like, they had some other victory stuff, but not Golden Monkey. And so I was like, ah, then let's go with some of the basics. And so I picked up Seven Five because I like to support, you know, the Golden Knights and local beers, and and then I picked up um, uh, Guinness because Guinness. And so <laughs> and today I'm drinking the Seven Five. It's the uh, their golden ale, the training day. So it's uh, um, it's it's pretty good. It's really light. It's I think the the whole point is to be able to, you know, drink have it like an everyday beer, I guess if that's a thing. But it's a uh, um a very very light beer. I like the light beers. It's they're like uh they're outside. They're summertime beers, you know. Yeah. And who is it? Um, the guy I work with, Jim. He's uh he calls them lawnmower beers. I guess because it's like after you mow the lawn, that's what you drink. So he's like, <laughs> "That's a lawn me. out that's... here." <laughs> he, he lives in California. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I have a lawn. What are you talking about? I replanted it last last spring. Oh yeah. Do you have yeah, grass? Well, what? I... Yeah, I do. It's in the oh, backyard. Nice. Well, you don't know because you because when Isaac was out there rolling in the dirt in the dirt, right? <laughs> which was probably. I don't know. Did you guys go to Henry's baptism in yeah. Turner House? Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's probably when it was. So, in towards, you know, after like COVID started, I think. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was because we were talking about it. So, I talked to my gardener who came by and everything, and I said, Hey, you know, how much do you think it costs to get some fake grass on this and blah, 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 blah? And we were going over and everything, and he says, You know what we could do? You know, we spend about 200 bucks or something and start planting seed and do this and that. We can get you a lawn. You grow that out for a few, you know, for about a month or so. And you tell the water, the, the, the water company, hey, I'm going to take this uh, lawn out. And then they'll pay you per square foot. They'll come by and find out how much lawn you have and pay, pay you money to get rid of the lawn. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. And then I was going to take that lawn money to buy the fake grass. And then I'd 
you know, and then, so in a sense, all I'd have to do is pay the labor. But then Lisa liked the grass. So then <laughs> I've been cutting it. So then I bought a lawnmower. Because <laughs> I had a lawnmower that came with the house, but it kind of stopped working. And so I bought I bought a push one anyway. So oh, I used to have a push one more. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. So it was a little bit of exercise, but yeah. but um, you know, so I go and push the lawnmower and do that kind of thing, and then we water the grass now. So my water bill went up. So my water bill went up. I bought a lawnmower and all that stuff when I was trying to save money on getting free and um, getting cheap grass. <laughs> but it's kind of fun, you know. Then I bought yeah. weed killer, but I haven't used it yet, so I can kill these damn wheels. And then Robert and I the other day pulled a bunch of weeds and all the dead pine needles and filled up one of the trash cans. Yep. So I felt yeah. accomplished this weekend. That's awesome. Kids like Joel loves that stuff too. Like whenever I'm out in the in the garden or if I'm uh, out doing yard work, he wants to come out there. He he wants to pull the weeds with. Me. I'm like, this is the only time in his life that he's going to want to do this. Like when he becomes a middle school mm-hmm. or a high schooler, he's not going to want to come outside and pull weeds. No, no. <laughs> but right now, like. It's uh, it's that opportunity to go out there and he'll co- like, like whenever I was building the garden, right? I was shoveling dirt back and forth. And what did he want to do? He wanted to help me shovel dirt. <laughs> like, all right, dude, let's do it. Yeah, Pretty awesome. But there's always troublesome stuff with that. I swear, like, because he's like, I'll pull these weeds, and it's like, no, that's grass. Leave that grass alone. <laughs> Here, watch, watch me push over the trash can and let everything fall out. No, what are you doing? <laughs> And I don't know how many times like I'm mowing and he's like running in front of the lawnmower. And I'm like, what are you doing? Well, it's a, it's a push mower. You can stop. <laughs> oh, I know, but <laughs> it's still, you know, blades. Yeah, that's true. So what do you want to talk about today? <laughs> okay. So we we're we're, we're, we're very, being very timely and talking about Day of the Dead. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> because or, what's today? Today is November the 18th, and the episode is going to release on November the 20th. <laughs> I mean, why me? What was it actually? Get, you're not going to get this done in two days. I can get this done in two days because we we ha- our last release was on uh, November the 6th, so I got I got to release something on the 20th. Oh, I thought you were going to do it on Friday of Thanksgiving weekend. No, no, no gobble, gonna, gobble, gobble, gobble. No, I'm going I'm to skip that one because uh, that's Thanksgiving week. Although we should have something out Thanksgiving week because people might be traveling. But hopefully not too many people are traveling because COVID and stuff. But, yeah, 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 yeah. Now you're sounding like them. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, we wanted to talk about Day of the Dead because it's November. And not just the Day of the Dead. The November is, as for Catholics, like that's that's the month to remember the dead. Like this is – this is a um, like you, you do know that there's a um, – a special plenary indulgence in the month of November for uh, that you can earn uh, that you can earn that you can um, do uh, as uh, to to um, merit uh, a plenary indulgence for somebody who's already dead. So the idea is somebody in purgatory that you would um, try to try to um, uh, do the plenary indulgence and, and merit it on their behalf is the idea. So hmm. it's kind of cool. So usually, yeah, kind of. And so usually it would be in uh, um, the first eight days of November because starting from All Saints Day and moving forward, uh, you go and visit a cemetery and then um, 
which is really helpful to our people now who are listening. But but you go and visit a cemetery, and then uh, for 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 the first eight days of November, and then you you go to confession, you receive the Eucharist, and you pray for the intention of the Pope, like like any regular plenary indulgence thing. Um, and you can uh, merit uh, the plenary indulgence on behalf of somebody who may be in purgatory. Um, and so that's uh, uh but in because of 2020 covid stuff the pope did like extend that to any eight consecutive days in november so if you mm. wanted to i'm like the random nerd catholic fact if you wanted to um uh merit a plenary indulgence for somebody who's passed away you can do that by going to the cemetery and praying for the dead eight consecutive days and then going receive the eucharist and go to confession and pray for the yeah i don't think you do those yeah, those last two are a little harder. They're a little harder, but it's still possible. Yeah, we we still have you know you can go to you can go to mass still, and uh, we still have confessions on Saturday over at St. Francis. That's good. Yes, it is good. Hopefully, it continues to be good. No music. All right, sorry. All right, let's talk about edit. death. We gotta edit this out. Well, we could keep out some of that. We'll see how it goes. I don't know what will happen. The editing room is a magical place. I have way too much fun there. Yeah, you're like, you'll give me four four hours worth of stuff to go with. <laughs> I don't need him talking this whole time. Oh, no, <laughs> no, that was that was really helpful. The last episode, particularly. Speaking of which, I w- I made sure that my microphone is being the Yeti microphone as I'm on my recording. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and GV even texted me. She's like, "Make sure your mic is right because the last episode was trash." <laughs> yeah, I'm it glad. was really bad. Yeah, it was really bad. Uh, but you're right. Like listening on two speed did help it a little bit. I should have um, I should increase the treble on uh, on my on on my part, but it was just awful. Yeah. Let me just tell you, I love the way it's got in two speed. It makes it look like I got a purpose and I'm really talking fast. Like, I think I talk kind of fast anyway. Look, you feel like speeding up. But, you know, but like when I listen to two speed, I was like, boy, I'm burning up. Yep. I listen to almost all my podcasts on two times speed or at least one and a half times speed. Mm. Especially ours. I can't. I I do ours. Yeah, I can't stand my voice on, on regular speed. I a can't stand my voice. B I sound drunk before I even start drinking. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, I feel like we're so slow, and I like I said, I can't stand my voice. But the other thing too is I don't want to hear everything we just said the other day. But because you do a lot of stuff in editing and and putting things in, and I felt like you're doing that, and I'm not even appreciating because I won't listen to it. So <laughs> then I started doing it so I can like appreciate the things you do. Yeah, like, I appreciate I know that people, you appreciate me. <laughs> you know, you know, but I mean, I know there's people like who do podcasts that are like, yeah, I've never heard one podcast I've ever done. You yeah. know, well, I can understand that too, though. Like, it is, it is kind of, kind of odd and uh, uh, listening to our own stuff. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, that's an extra download. <laughs> oh, I still download it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should rate and review it, which all of you should do. All of you. Rate, rate and, and review. review. Nobody's going to find our podcast if you don't rate and review it. Rate and review. It's a good thing. Because there's a special algorithm that Apple and everybody use to and put our stuff at the top. And everybody needs to hear our voices because they're so sweet and mellifluous. That's, As that's we just, just talked about how crappy they were the last <laughs> 10 minutes. 
<laughs> we have important things to say and and drink. <laughs> so yes, we ramble. We do ramble, but that's okay. We can we can edit some of the ramble out and make it cohesive. Yeah, ramble. but a lot of this a lot of this stuff's good. This is all good. Keep rolling. But <laughs> yeah, I hope nobody tuned in to hear about the afterlife. We should talk about the hey. So, um, GB and I started watching this new show. Um, I like it because it's only thirty minutes or less than thirty minutes an episode, which is awesome. Uh, but it's called Truth Seekers. Um, have you heard of it? It's on Amazon Prime. Um, I just realized whenever we started talking about the afterlife stuff that it it correlates really well because uh, um, uh, do you know who Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The hot fuzz guys. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead and At World's End. Um, yeah, yeah, they they're doing this TV show, and the premise of the TV show is uh, Nick Frost is a um, uh, I guess a Wi-Fi cable or internet guy or whatever. He goes around the the cities repairing Wi-Fi and and uh, um, making sure people have their stuff. He works for a company called Smile that puts it all out there or whatever, and uh-huh. uh, um, and he is also a paranormal seeker seeker paranormal seeker. So he's looking for the uh, he's looking for ghosts. He's looking for the unknown aliens, all that all that kind of stuff. And there's this interdimensional play and stuff like that. There's ghosts and and how all this stuff works together. And uh, um, it's really really funny because obviously it's Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. And so so you have you have that going. And you uh, and I started watching it, and uh, they do some really interesting things with the idea of an afterlife on whether or not um, the afterlife is like um, if it's heaven or if it's an in-between place or the way that they're kind of taking it or what it looks like anyway is like um, maybe it's a different dimension. It's a different space of living that, and they even have a character in there who kind of lives in both spaces a little bit and they have to try to figure out how that works or try to pull them into one space or the other. Um, it's kind of so it's kind of interesting so if you get a chance check it out it's um it's funny because it's nick uh, it's nick frost and and simon Pegg simon. and um and they're and it's that subtle humor so if you know them and you know their stuff you'll like the show but if you don't know mm. them you're not going to get you're not going to get a lot of the humor <laughs> but now it's high life time now it's high life back to the high life yeah well yeah so did you watch the uh, did you watch the whole Morgan Freeman uh, Story of God episode? Yes, I did. What'd you think? I thought it was um, Afterlife One Hundred and One. Right. Uh, there's a show on Netflix. What was it on History Channel or something? Uh, National Geographic, I believe. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, I I realized I I realized it was for TV because they cut. Like, and right. go, uh, and then they start over. And I'm like, that's where I'd put a commercial. And then when I saw the thing, I was like, oh, it has, like, the National Geographic's logo or something. Because I was like, why would they put, like, spaces for commercials on Netflix? <laughs> no, it was on another show. But what is it called? Um, the Existence of God? The Story of God. I, I just pulled it up God. right now to make sure. But, but, yeah, it is National Geographic. And the first episode we watched, which is called, um, David. Sorry. First episode is called. Uh, it started playing in my ear when I clicked on it. <laughs> it's called uh, Beyond Death. Yes. I, I hate the fact that Netflix. Uh, 
Have you been on Netflix and they play the preview whenever you click on the thing and you can't make it stop? Yeah, I hit um. Well, I hit the 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 mute. Well, when I went into Netflix today, apparently the fourth season of The Crown just came out. So like when I logged on, all of a sudden it goes into The Crown, and I'm like, "Ooh, Margaret Thatcher and Princess Die and all this eighty stuff. I'm really digging this." So I watched the whole preview. I'm like, "Neat." <laughs> then I went on to something else, and then I went to the other page and went back to The Crown, and then started playing. And I'm like, "Okay, I already saw this." And then I'm like, "Doesn't stop." Where's the pause? There isn't one. Nothing. And then I was like, there's mute. I'll just hit this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the story of God is, it's. I think it's on its third season on Netflix release. Uh, but we just watched that first episode, the Beyond Death one, this idea of um, what is an after- afterlife or what does that look like. I thought it was kind of neat how they went about it doing it. And I think the show itself, I watched the entire first season, I think. And maybe part of the second season. I can't remember how far I got in the show before I started moving on to other stuff. Yeah, it looks like the second season's only like four episodes or something. And then the third season's back to like ten or whatever. Gotcha. But yeah, it was kind of cool. I thought I thought it was nice. Like, I was like, ooh, we're going to have some cool things to talk about. And then I was like, this is kind of basic. But I don't know. Maybe there are a bunch of people who don't realize on how the Egyptians thought of the afterlife and the... Um, on how the Mexican people treated Day of the Dead, but it was rooted back to the old Aztec thing, and and they showed about all the like the human sacrifices they did, and and it was funny too because he was like, yeah, there was no physical evidence of these sacrifices really, and you're like, whoa, until they found this wall of skulls, and I was like, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny too. I'm like, <laughs> they got to put the drama somewhere when you're just talking about history and and stuff like that. It's not like it's a little bit forced. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, but of course he didn't do it the way I just. But I mean, he was saying about it. <laughs> it was darn bit close. <laughs> but I was just like, wow. When he said there wasn't a lot of history, and I'm like, whoa, is all this thing? A big propaganda machine that the conquistadors used to try to force the mission, you know, how the missionaries force Christianity on these poor people, making up lies about uh, human sacrifices. Is that the angle they're going to take? Oh, no, they're not, because they found the Wall of Skulls. That's even cooler. <laughs> yeah, Wall of Skulls is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of neat. Yeah. But so talked about that and then it went into christianity talking about heaven and hell because i think they talked about on the jewish text like you just died or was it like you went to a place or nothing what what was it right so the so that was the actually the, the big debate and um by the time jesus was around was this idea of an afterlife what is an afterlife and so because Depending on where you sat, like if you were a Sadducee or a Pharisee, you got to remember at the time, the canon of scripture was open. Like nobody realized or nobody knew what um, what was going to be considered ultimately scripture or the Bible. Oh, right. Wait up. And, wait up. Bah, yes. bah. <laughs> so we have the sheep. <laughs> so bah, this is when we start talking about scripture. This is a warning, warning. Jesus, Jesus content. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Lisa, don't eat me. Don't eat me. Hey, that was a great episode of The Simpsons. Good, good. Uh, that's a deep cut, too, though. Uh, I don't think a lot of people Oh, yeah. Cut, so. <laughs> just, what? Does pork chops come from animals? 
Yes. Bacon come from animals? Yes. Ham? Yeah, they're all for the same animal. Oh, yeah, sure, Lisa. There's a magical animal. What about bacon? No. Ham? No. Pork chop? Dad, those all come from the same animal. Oh, yeah, right, Lisa. A wonderful, magical animal. <laughs> all right, so first after Palestine, um, you, you basically had two major groups when it came to the idea of what is actual canonical scripture. You had the Sadducees who believed that just the first five books of Moses, like the ones that Moses read, the ones that Moses that they believed that Moses wrote, were scripture: Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Those first five books Torah. of the Bible, those are the only ones that are canonical. Everything else is helpful, but not inspired by God, right? Legends. And then you had the yeah, and oh, then you had the well, Pharisees. That's, that's a Star Wars term now. <laughs> Okay, non-canonical Star Wars. Yeah, that makes sense. So the legends, if you're a Star Wars person. So uh, and then the non-canonical ones, or the um, the Pharisees believed that you know, yeah, you have these first five books of the Bible that are uh, the first five books of Moses that are definitely canonical, but then you also have the writings of these prophets uh, and these wisdom writings and these and and, and all this stuff here. Like the, so, they would consider it the Ketuvim and the Nevi'im. Uh, is what they other called it the um, the history and the other writings that were also considered canonical. Now, so for the Pharisees, because their canon was much wider, they had more of an idea of an afterlife. So they had this idea of um, Sheol, or this idea of um, the this neutral place of the dead where um, souls would go. And uh, sometimes you'll hear it called the uh, the bosom of Abraham. Even even Jesus rep- um, references the bosom of Abraham when he talks about the rich man and Lazarus, right? And so you have this place that was uh, a, a holding place where souls would go, right? Um, but the Sadducees holding to just the first five books of the Bible, that um, doesn't talk a lot about the afterlife there. So they actually did not believe um, in an afterlife. And, you know, that's that's how I actually used to teach people to know the difference between a Sadducee and a Pharisee is the Sadducees didn't believe in an afterlife. And that's why they were so sad, you see. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> cheesy dad joke, but it helped people remember. And so it helps people remember that, the you know, the Sadducees held to the first five books where the Pharisees hold, held a wider canon, which helped them recognize an afterlife. Um, but the Sadducee is like oblivion. That was it. It was annihilation, very much like uh, very much like the Coco film that we talked about. Oh, wait, we haven't talked about that yet. But you and I talked about that off air, <laughs> talking about Coco and, and how it relates and all that stuff. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah, because, like, when you're talking about that um, neutral place, it's kind of like the old uh, Greek myth kind of thing, where when you die, you go to the underworld. Mm. Just general. Oh, okay. That's where Hades lives. Like, there's no place called Hades. Is that's more of this, you know, people would refer to hell that way. But Hades was the god of the underworld, so he kind of tended to all the dead, and all the dead went to the underworld. Right. But there were people who were in the underworld who were punished. The Tardis, I guess, is like the corner of the underworld where people have to deal with stuff. So, but pretty much that was the deal. There was no heaven and hell. You know, you had the gods up on Mount Olympus that was like heaven, but everybody underground was everybody who was underground. They also pointed out the Hindu version of it with the reincarnation. Right. And how, you know, after you die, you 
get a trial again. <laughs> so apparently, I guess the idea is if you did pretty good in your life, maybe you get to be a rich man or into a rich family or something. Or if you did bad, then it's like uh, now you can be a dog. Yeah. get kicked or something make it worse <laughs> go up or down in the chain of existence um yeah that's that's the oh. yeah go ahead that's like the whole thing it's like yeah oh you were pretty sh- <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a we'll have a wolf or something and and uh you were a bad person and then um you know now you're gonna be a mosquito <laughs> <laughs> and it's like yeah, but now you've been a good person. Now you can be a better guy. And then the idea is once you're like the ultimate, then it's like now you become like energy and go into the afterlife and like be one with, you know, the presence and stuff yeah, or whatever. Their, yeah. their loose interpretation of God or whatever. Brahma. It's the impersonal Brahma. existence of all of everything. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. I know this stuff for reasons, because of reasons. Yes. Yeah, because you went to school. Yeah, and they studied weird stuff. But yeah, that's the um, – that's w- which I think is really funny because that's the uh, – uh, their idea of karma, like exactly what you had said. This idea of like if you were crappy during your, your life, you're going to get reincarnated to something crappy. But if you were good, you're going to move up the caste system and reincarnate as something um, uh, better. And then eventually if you get it perfect or you get it just right – you're going to escape this um, this cycle of uh, death and rebirth and be joined um, in moksha or or this idea of paradise, um, which is basically non-existence if you're Buddhist, um, uh, <laughs> into absorbed into uh, Brahma or becoming uh, becoming a god in Brahma. So, yeah, interesting stuff. But then it was the robot. Yes, the robot was creepy. So apparently this guy he created oh um they they created a thing um these robots and uh apparently like there was some kind of AI and they were trying to get people's memories and personalities into these robots so maybe it might not be you in the future, you know, like in a sense, that's the idea. Is you, the, you know, you hear about the thing of getting your consciousness put into a robot, right? And like that's the way to do it. And uh, but they were almost putting it to a point that it was like, here's this this thing that we could get your memories and your personality and this into this robot, and then it's kind of like you're living forever. But then I'm like, yeah, but if I die and I I'm dead and then my consciousness is gone. Well, there's still like a fake Neil there, right? Which kind it's I think that's kind of it doesn't really help me much, but it might help me out or like you know they were saying about like your great grandkids can see you and stuff, right? And if you program it right and you can actually put the memories in or something, and I don't know if these guys can actually do that kind of stuff yet, which I don't think so, but if you can actually get put memories in, then you can have like fake versions of stuff. And that was a little, uh, sorry, that was a little, uh, I don't know, kind of hit me a little close to home with that, too, because what was funny is um, earlier today, before I watched the video, my sister was asking me about, like, 
Um, apparently she was talking to her her daughter about some stuff, and she's like, "Did mom, did mom and dad ever talk to us about this and that? I don't remember." And mm. now that both of her parents are gone, there's like you can't ask them that, yeah. you know. And it's not something you can really ask your aunt or something who might know. But like now it's like, oh well, I don't know this, and it's like. You know, and not to be a bummer, but that's kind of where I'm going right now. Uh, bummer alert. But you know, like, and I'm gonna like warn you of this too, because it's just like if your if your folks or Jeevy's folks die before like, um, you know, the boys get to a certain age or something, then any question you'd be like, hey, when we were like 14, how did we act or or how did you see it or whatever. You know, but right now that it's like, you know, my mom died when Robert was just two months old. So, like, all these little baby things. See, the difference is I know what I was doing at 14, you know, or something. So, at least I had that idea. But I don't know what I did at two months old. So, like, any of those things that, you know, like, Robert would do as a little baby and stuff. I can't go, hey, mom, did I do this? Or did did I do that? Or did Sarah do this or that? Or... Mm -hmm. How did this go on, you know? But I had no way of asking her those things. And then I could have asked my dad, but, you know, it was different. Because mom was, like, the one really raising us. He was working all the time. And, and you know, and then his, you know, well, his, mem- his long-term memory is pretty good there. But, you know, so it was kind of like, you know, he gave me some information. But all that stuff that, you know, the day-to-day stuff was kind of lost. And so I never really got to talk to her about that. So that kind of hit me hard. And now dad's gone and it's like, oh my God, now I can't, you know, now I can't even ask him things like that. So, so then like when Sarah was talking about that, like, oh, I wish I remember if mom or dad, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh man, that's been my biggest problem. Cause like, how old was Violet? Let me see. So Violet was maybe about four when mom died. So. And then dad just died this year, so she was about six or about, yeah, she just turned seven, I think. So, you know, Sarah got a good couple years with the girls before both of them were gone. But now, like, I like barely anything with my parents. So I'm like, oh, I got all this stuff where it's like I got nothing. So then, you know, so talking to her about that just kind of bummed me out about that, too. And then I see these robots that are like, hey, this could be... You know, uh, you know, keep like maybe not consciousness, but you know, personality and memories and things like that. And I'm like, ah, like then I just thought that would be so nice if I had the robot version of my mom where I could ask her, hey, so Robert does this. (laughs) (laughs) He's kind of (laughs) weird. And then she'd go, yeah, well, you did that too. And I'd be like, okay, that makes more sense. But I don't know. So, it'd be cool if it was like that. Then, you know, then, you know, you could see your great-great-grandparents or something like that or whatnot in, you know, 60 years from now or 80 years from now. Yeah. You know. And I think that is kind of a a, a cool aspect. Like, um, I think that's kind of like what, what – that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast uh, with you was to preserve um, my thoughts and your thoughts for our kids you know, that's this idea of like, you know, whenever I'm dead and gone, my grandkids can know some of the things I thought about stuff. 
um, and kind of get a glimpse of my personality if I'm, you know, if I'm dead and gone and, and that piece isn't there. I mean, like, do you have, um, like, I'm, I'm sure you guys, I don't know if your mom was like a picture person or, um, or, or, or any of that stuff. Do you guys have that, those kinds of things? Oh, like pictures of us? Yeah. We're, or we're her like, and, and, and you guys or family stories like that you, you could connect with, like where the kids can get yeah. an idea of the personality of grandma. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I got enough stories and stuff, and we have pictures and things, but my problem, too, is a lot of the pictures of us, you know, when we were kids, you know, I don't really know where they are. And, I I mean, I know they're either in the storage unit that I still pay for, but, and, um, or in my sister's garage. And Sarah found some stuff, and then I found a few things, but, yeah, so the problem is I don't have a lot. To just sit there and say, hey, Robert, here's Grandma Joe, and, you know, this is this. But sometimes I'll tell him little stories about stuff like this and that. But Has he seen pictures? Is he curious? Mm, or is he still he's, too young? He doesn't, he's still a little young. He doesn't seem okay. too curious. He knows she's dead. Because he'll be like, your mom's dead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a little jerk. <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't mean it like, but then he's so sweet too because he said something about on how he's like, your dad's dead. I'll be your little dad. Like, oh, that's And cute. I was like, oh my goodness. He's like, you need a dad. So I'll be your dad, your oh. little dad. And I'm like, oh, that's like the nicest thing you've ever said. That's very so, sweet. Yeah, but sometimes I don't know if he realizes that Mo is dad. So, so I'm not sure if he knows that that Moe's dead sometimes or something because I was telling about well yeah yeah not only did I have two parents die within three years I had my cat die too so yes so what was funny too is we went down the the cat aisle or something at the grocery store I'm like he's like what's all this I'm like well that's cat food and this is litter and we used to buy this when we had wall up and everything and and he, you know, now the cat's gone and the cat's dead. And he's like, nah, the cat's just at Moe's house. And I'm like, well. <laughs> kind of. I, I guess technically. <laughs> so have you, has he seen, like, um, the, the cremains that you guys have? Does he Have you explained any of that stuff to him? No, I haven't done that yet. Oh, okay. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if he was asking, like, hey, Dad, what's this box? No. Oh, no. <laughs> It's on the top shelf. Actually, you could, it's up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah on the top shelf. There's a. I know this works well for podcasts, but know, there's right. a on the top in the corner right where my finger's pointing. That's a picture of me and my mom. And there's one box and two boxes. There you go. And then there's the wedding picture. And then I put these um, shot glasses that I bought from Disneyland, Disney World. That had all the United Kingdom, like it has England, Wales, Scotland, uh, Ireland, Northern Ireland, or something like that. All these, um, well, maybe it doesn't have Ireland though, or whatever. They're all the these shot glasses that I bought with Dad and stuff, and and then I found them outside in the garage. So I said, "Well, where am I gonna put these?" And I said, ah, "I'll put them in front of the the boxes. That way, they don't look so <laughs> shriny, I guess." There's nothing wrong with a shrine. That's like uh, on Coco. They have the um, the ofrenda, the uh, the little altar with all their um, deceased loved ones and stuff. Like we kind of have one here at the house. Oh, 
Have you seen Have you seen ours upstairs? Like, we have our Saint Squad on there, and we have pictures of dead loved ones. I I don't think I have. I have seen in a few Filipino houses. There's like yeah. a little. This is our little table for prayers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what we got. It's it's our little altar. It's uh um. You could. <laughs> It's the uh, right at the top of the stairs, uh, right uh, against the wall over there, um, is a little table that we bought specifically for this purpose, and we put our saints on there and um, pictures of our our deceased loved ones on there, and it's just a uh, kind of became that that place of of like our communion of saints, so to speak, you know, the uh, um, those who we are patrons of our family, and then those who are have been in our family who have passed away. And there's, you're, it looks like you're kind of starting one up there, you know, with the picture and the shot glasses and stuff like that. Ain't nothing wrong mm, with that. I, I actually have hats too. Like Sarah gave me my dad's old Giants hat. He likes the San Francisco Giants, and so, uh, so I put that up there. It's a beat up old hat, but it's got like his name on it and everything. So I'm like, ah, I can't get rid of it. So I put it on the on top of the box, and then uh, my mom's. Uh, Disney World visor. I put that on top of the box too. Yeah. That's the one I used to. I used to wear that visor when I go play tennis. So I was like, I want to keep the visor because I used to use it all the time. And then I'm like, I can't wear this, so I. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I kind of put it on top of the box. <laughs> so mom still has her visor. <laughs> yeah, mom's got a visor. And dad's got a hat, and and then I put my dad's sunglasses up there because he left them at my house and I never gave them back to him, and then he died. So. <laughs> So then I put them there. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of getting weird. But yeah. So yeah, we don't have, I never, yeah, I never made the little altar or the, um, what is it called? What's the Day of the Dead altar called? Yeah, the ofrenda. The ofrenda, thank you. Yes. I know, I should know this being one-eighth Mexican. But, but yeah, I have done my little, for the Day of the Dead, I've always done some kind of little Facebooky thing. So I do have little virtual, um, you know, pictures of, of you know, the, the loved ones and stuff. And, the, you know, how you sometimes you put the, the, what's it called? You know, items that your family, your family was into or something like that. Right. Kind of like artifacts of your house. Yeah, something like that. So I, I put a, like, hot tamale candies. Oh, I see. And because my mom liked those, and I put a picture of, like, you know, um, Girl Scouts because she was in the Girl Scouts and, like, knitting or something. And Oh, that's awesome. So I did that a couple years, like, last year or something like that. So And it was just those four pictures, and if people figured it out, they figured it out. But I'll do oh, it on Day of the Dead. I didn't realize that. I must have missed that. Was this a, on your Facebook? Yeah, it was on Facebook. It was like last. It was like last year. Okay. Well, I don't remember last year. Well, so that's maybe the I... <laughs> this year, I just put a picture of my folks because I found some because I have my mom's old cell phone. So I found a picture of them oh, and I nice. said, "Oh, this is good." So I like, uh, I like texted it to myself and then put it on Facebook. <laughs> that's cool. So I don't. I didn't know realize you had your mom's old cell phone. Oh yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. She has like fifty-eight thousand emails that have not been opened. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you should start responding to people in her name. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a lot of uh, announcement stuff. Uh, <laughs> yes, I would like you to open me a credit card. <laughs> yeah, Can we do it all through email? 
You know what? Too. It's funny because <laughs> I realized that I was like, I wanted to. I kept talking to my sister. I'm like, Hey, Sarah, did you find my mom's boarding pass? It, which is the loyalty member card thing for station casinos, and you get points for play, and then oh, you can yeah. use those points for comps. But the problem is, I can't cash in the comps because I need my ID. But I can put the card in the machine and get playable cash with it. Oh, there you go. And so if my mom had cash and stuff, because I know her pin and all that, because I've played with her many a times. Right. So if she had extra points, I could have used it and got some money, and then I could have played the machine with it. And then Sarah's like, I don't know where it is. I don't know. I'm like, gosh, she's got to have like 10 extra ones or whatever. You know, Sarah's I at know a casino. It. I don't know where it is. I don't know where. <laughs> yeah, I, I, honestly, yeah, the problem is she doesn't ever go, so I know she didn't do that. <laughs> so finally, I sat there and said, hey, you know what? I'm going to check this out. And I went through the emails, and then I went to go find her online thing. So I found her card numbers in the email. So I did that. I know her pin. I knew some passwords and blah, blah, blah. And then other things I didn't know I emailed. I said, hey, send it to the email, which is, I guess, now um, telling people on how to rip off people because if you know their emails. But and then and then I got into their her account and I'm like, sweet. Now we can see what she's got. And it's a zero points. And I'm like, oh, ah. no. it's probably because it was inactive for so long that they just zeroed it out or something there's probably an email from three years ago that says right. hey we haven't seen you in a long time you better show up or else you're gonna get zeroed out yeah you got to figure the casinos out here probably already figured that kind of stuff out because you know a lot of the especially the local casinos where a large amount of their player group are those who are elderly so they probably <laughs> often have people who die and uh um leave points on the cards and like oh well you know to prevent other people from getting these points and making sure that the house wins even after death. Let's go yeah. ahead and make sure there's an expiration date on these. But I, but I do know they do have expirations anyway because, like, I had one from the Silverton and I got a letter once. Of course, I read my mail so late anyway. So I had this letter sitting there and I opened it up and it's like, you need to play or do something by February 10th and then you can do this. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And I looked and I was like, February 20th. Oh, no. Like, Dang, that's... <laughs> That was 10 days ago. I could have at least got something to eat with this or whatever. But, you know, because I stopped going to Silverton because I used to go a lot. Yeah. But, so, I mean, yeah. Okay, real quick with the video. The one thing I did think was kind of cool, or the way they were saying it, was when they were talking about the uh, the Egyptians. And one of the things that they kind of live forever was the fact that their names are... Yes. are like carved into the you know the the hieroglyphics in the city yep. and they did it so deep that it would never right. like erode and you know that's why they're famous like Ramesses the second well like everybody knows about Ramesses the second and everything right especially like Ten Commandments movies and stuff and and you know and then you think about like well there's some people that are so famous that everybody knows about them and they've been dead for like 2000 years or something like you look at like Julius Caesar and Julius Alexander Caesar. the Great yeah. and stuff like that and yep. you know and they're they're you know immortal because everybody always knows it and and it's funny because it's just like <clears throat> you know think about it like I don't know in like two or three generations you're like forgotten even by your family Right, you know, and that's that thing about Coco, right? That's the uh, in the film. There was this idea of like, 
recalling and that uh, people live on in the memory, in the afterlife. You know, this this idea of, of remembering the dead being that important, that that's how people stay alive, you know, is, is through your remembrance of them. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw that parallel too. Yeah, because if you forget, what was it? Like if you, they forget about you, you kind of disappear? Yeah, they call it the final death in uh, in Coco, this idea like what what you would call in eastern religion or um or whatever uh, or even some western religions now but the annihilation you know no longer existing exiting existence yeah i don't like that yeah no it's not a yeah. catholic thing oh sweet yeah Talks but what is a catholic it. thing is is this idea of like um remembering the dead like i think that's one thing that we do as catholics so so well of um i mean we dedicate the entire month of november to remembering the dead um and uh and um one of the one of the saddest pieces in um in the movie coco is that scene where the guy is going to die or whatever um what's it what's his name the um chicharron grandfather oh. yeah inside uh, uh no whenever chicharron dies remember and he sings that really inappropriate song and he has to change the lyrics <laughs> well everyone knows juanita such a different color Her teeth stick out and her chin goes in And her knuckles they drag on the floor Those aren't the words Are children present? And then, and then, he, and then the guy disappears and, and then like he's been and Hector says He's been forgotten When there's no one left in the living world who remembers you you disappear from this world. We call it the final death. Where did he go? No one knows. But I've met him. I could remember him when I go back. No, it doesn't work like that, Chamaco. Our memories, they have to be passed down by those who knew us in life, in the stories they tell about us. But there's no one left alive to pass down Chicha's stories. That's one of those things in the movie that I'm like, this is... This is kind of um, there's a parallel here to to our Catholic beliefs. Like we believe that people who die need to be honored and need to be remembered. Like that's literally one of the one of the spiritual works of mercy, right? Is to pray for the dead. You know mm-hmm. that we are called as Catholics to 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 pray for the dead and um, and to try to keep in mind those who have died. But then there are there are hundreds of thousands of millions of people who have died that have been forgotten, right? And so that's that's a um that's a great tragedy for us as Catholics. That's a a great injustice. And so uh well the the girls right now, I don't know if um if Lisa is doing it. I I'm, I'm sure she's doing the same thing as as the rest of the this group maybe. The <laughs> The consecration bought, thing to Mary. Real quick, we bought quite a few books that may not have been read. <laughs> well, you know what happens. Um, but what's uh, but what's cool is like, um, like their consecration to Mary, and I thought this was kind of a neat parallel to it all too, 
is in the Catholic Church, we understand that there are people, because of our own weakness, because of our own sinfulness, that have died, and are probably in purgatory, that don't have people to pray for them, that have basically been forgotten by the people that are still living, right? Uh, but we believe as Catholics that that is a terrible injustice. And so um, part of the consecration of Mary that Louis de Montfort had set up was this idea of um, uh, asking Mary to um, to kind of take care of or, or – um, you know, we, we offer up the our prayers today for the dead, particularly those who Mary wants to take care of, you know, and, and you know, Mary knowing um, – let me see if I can find the the quote here, Lewis. Um, with, uh, with our blessed mother, uh, she can she can offer our prayers uh, to those who are in the most need uh, of the petition, you know, because she knows. Uh, whereas we don't, we just we just know that there are dead people, and there are those who are in purgatory who maybe their family um, is not Catholic; it doesn't pray for them, or they've been forgotten for whatever reason. Uh, and so we we pray that um, Our Lady may apply it to um, to all according to her will for the greater glory of God, because she knows alone perfectly um, who who is in need, because she knows all of her children, right? And it's the, the Catholic Church. We have a unique understanding as Mary as um, as our mother, and who cares for us and tends to us because of you know John's Gospel and all that stuff. But I found that a kind of an interesting parallel. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's funny, too, because, like, yeah, and I've always been big on the, you know, the prayers for people of purgatory so they can go to heaven and stuff. And when I worked the search retreats and when we'd have to write the intentions for the masses we do, I'd always like, we got to pray for the souls in purgatory. <laughs> That's awesome. Good and I'm like, you. there goes Neil. There goes Neil to the purgatory souls again. <laughs> That's good. Do you, do you teach uh, – um... Have you taught uh, Robert how to pray for for his grandma and grandpa or anything like that? No, I don't know how to do that either. I I'm working on that. He's he's there's a there's a little kids book with the missile for toddlers that Angelica bought him, and I'll read that, and he kind of likes it. And it's funny. Oh, it's funny too because who is it? A is it Leonard Cohen who did the Alleluia song? You know, the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds right. Let, uh, let me double check. And um, you know what's funny too is I think in the last like fourteen years it's been in like thirty eight movies. But right. what's yeah, funny right. is there was a cover of it. Well, there's like twelve covers, but um, of it on um, Pandora the other day. And Robert heard them say "Alleluia, Alleluia" twice, and he says, "Hey, that's church." <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. And oh yeah, and I'm amazed at some of the stuff he still remembers about it because, like, he's been at church like twice in the last year, and <laughs> but like we read the book and was in one of the parts it will say "Alleluia" and tell about on how the G the priest tells a story about Jesus or whatever, you know. And, but just like the way he does that. And then he said, oh, look, this is the part, you know, and it says, hey, this is the part where you break the bread or when the priest puts the bread and the wine on the table. And then I sit and my, my, uh, you know, with my mom and I'd be quiet, you know, and I'm quiet. Oh no. And I put a coin in the basket and it's talking about the offertory part. And he's like, 
And then I just think he's like so smart sometimes because then he's like, yeah, and this one you put in an envelope. And I said, yes, that's right. And then he goes and grabs his ABC book. And in E, there's an envelope. And he says, look oh, at that's this. Awesome. That's the envelope from church. And I said, yeah, kind of. That's great. But, Good for him. Oh, no, but here's the thing, too. He even did the thing where he says, so then he goes on, and I said, well, what's he doing with the, the, the stuff on the altar? And he's like, well, that's the bread, and then he breaks it and puts it in the wine, and then the wine is the blood of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's super cute. <laughs> and then I was like, where'd you learn all this? He's like, yeah, you told me. And I was like, I don't even remember telling him. <laughs> That's that that's that Holy Spirit moment, right? That's, oh, uh, yeah. Somehow, so, somehow our kids are getting it, yeah. Yeah, because I know that we're not doing the best job of, you know, teaching them everything yet, and and I need to, I kind of need to work on it because, you know, I don't know, we're not. I don't feel like we're doing a good job of teaching them prayers and stuff as much, but he kind of gets the concept. Yeah, but. I don't think I'm doing it in daily life as much. So it's like, it's one of those things where Lisa pointed out, it's like, he knows that you're supposed to sing the national anthem before a hockey game, but praying before a meal is hard. <laughs> it's, it's like, we got our priorities screwed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's easy to happen, right? Especially in our culture right now. Yeah. Especially in our culture and especially like with the absence of church and stuff. And mm-hmm. what I thought was really cute is when he sat there and said, I don't want to watch church on TV. I want to go to church. And I was like, mm, that's awesome. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Sometimes I don't want to watch church either. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, too, because I was always proud of the fact that I didn't learn the Hail Mary, the Our Father and the. Glory be at CCD. I learned that, and you know, my dad taught me all right. those, yeah, and the guardian angel prayer and stuff. But to stick with your act of contrition, I never learned the act of contrition. And I'll tell you that my first confession, I was freaked out not because I sinned, because <laughs> I didn't know the act of contrition, because I was oh, kind of so like. Funny. You know, and I was like, what do I say in my confession? What do I say? And my mom was really good at that. She's like, hey, you're being a crap head right now. You should remember that when you <laughs> go to. Yeah. Yeah. Remember these things you're saying to your sister. Right. And then that's I was interesting. Like, okay, I'll talk about that. With I got with that all kids. written down. Yeah. Right. I got all that. I got all that down. But now, when, yeah. you know, Father Wong wants me to do the act of contrition, I'm going to be like, yeah, I don't got that. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one of my sins, Father. <laughs> I really did not work on that. <laughs> I didn't even attempt to work on the act of contrition. <laughs> yeah. Is it written down somewhere? I could probably read it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just put it on the back of this pew, please, or this kneeler? <laughs> this kneeler. <laughs> I just need it right here. <laughs> Is it in the missile? Give me a page number. Ah. <laughs> uh. But yeah. now, now I'll get a little weird on you or something. So I've had, when we're talking about the afterlife, I have had the thing where I've talked to, you know, I have a belief that there could be no afterlife. 
and it's kind of a strong belief. Not too much. Not to the point where I'm like, like that's the way I really feel. But like part of me, like the scientific part of my brain, still works that way. Right. But the funny thing too is, I have like this strong belief in the. Well, that sounds stupid right now because I'm on a Catholic podcast. But like I do believe strongly in the existence of God. Now I understand that there could be no God and stuff like that. But I'm at that point where I'm like. You, they don't need to be hand in hand. Correct. Yeah, that's Where, the whole point of the Sadducees, right? Yeah. So a lot. Yeah, because they're sad. Mm-hmm. You see, come on, dude. You're supposed to spell that <laughs> in. But, <laughs> when I but, say um, sad, you say you sees. <laughs> sad. <laughs> sees. So the thing with it is, um, you know, and that's the thing too, because you know, unlike our friends from two thousand years ago, um. You know, talking to other Catholics and stuff like I think I was talking to Lisa about it or something like, yeah, I could see, you know, I totally believe there's a God, but I can see that there's no heaven like, right. you know, or nothing for us. Like we're the ants in the ant farm and when we're dead, we're dead, you know, right. and and then she's like, what? <laughs> but then I'm like the walking contradiction because I don't know for how long I feel like my grandmother was out there looking at you know looking out for me or doing this or that you know especially her because like especially her with like the things a lot of the stuff i do with the church were a lot of things she did with the church and then when i did the project genesis retreat and started those things out and kind of continuing the search uh retreat format and she was like the queen of search for so long and brought it to vegas and all that stuff and so then it's like, well, you know, grandma's our patron saint of this and she's looking down on us and, you know, you pray to her about X, Y, or Z or whatever, you know. And so it's like I totally am believing in, you know, our loved ones looking on us. But then it was funny because I'm like, yeah, and we could probably die and go nowhere. Yeah. So it's funny on how I would do such extremes at times because you – Usually when you talk to people like that, then they're like, yeah, there's no afterlife, no big deal. But then they don't go, oh, yeah, but my mom's looking at me. You know, it doesn't usually work that way, I guess. But for me, I guess it did. So I don't know. I I have had that very much, that look of, you know, you know, when we're gone, we're gone. And now that I'm realizing at this midlife crisis kind of era of my life... (laughs) Yeah. That I'm like, I know people are living longer, but I don't know how much longer. And I already got more. I don't know if I have more years in front of me than behind. Right. You know, and I can't base it on my parents because they both die young. But Mm -hmm. I'm just like, geez, you know. And now it's like, then I could be dead. And then it's like, oh, and I don't want to die before I have grandkids. Because then now I think that. And it's right. like, and I had the kids so late in life. I mean, I'm 40 years older than Henry. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if we don't move, he's going to go to the same high school as I did. And like my yearbook says like one, two, three on the sides. And his will say 41, two, three, four or something. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. That's crazy. That is crazy to think about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have you ever read the book um, by C.S. Lewis called The Grief Observed? No. 
You know I'm not. You said, did you read the book? And I said, no. <laughs> um, so C.S. Lewis wrote this book um, it called The Grief Observed whenever his wife, um, Joy, died. Um, and she died of cancer, so they knew it was coming. But he said a lot of the things that you just said, like this idea of um, where he questioned – um, a he questioned God's goodness, and he questioned whether or not um, uh, whether or not uh, he calls her H in the book because originally he wrote this under a pseudonym, uh, mm-hmm. and then later on, you know, he he was fine with it being his, under his name. But um, so she was H in the book because her na- real name is Helen. I think it's Helen Joy. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, um, she he wondered whether or not she was in existence anymore. Um, but he didn't necessarily question the reality of God. You know, he questioned the goodness of God several times in in the in the grief observed. It's a very short book. It's um, like I have uh, this PDF version up right now. I just pulled it up really quick. It's uh, forty pages long. Um, but yeah, a lot of the same sentiments that you were just that you were just saying are are laid out in this book. Um, I mean, if you have some time, like it's not a very long book at all. You could probably get this on audio. Um, on Ooh. YouTube for free because C.S. Lewis stuff is a lot of times on there and it's very short. Um, yeah, that might be, that might be something to like process through, especially with, with a lot of what you said kind of really um, lining up with where um, C.S. Lewis was whenever his wife had passed away. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, and that's the funny thing too, cause like I've never questioned the goodness of God or right. any of that stuff too, but but you're right, yeah. Like the existence of God and all that stuff. I mean, I've all, I'm always open to be like, yeah, there could be none, but I do believe there is, and you know, and most of the time, I believe there's an afterlife. But I think it's more like maybe it's the fact that I'm, eh, I would say, not humble. I mean, like, no, that I'm being humble or not self-centered enough to sit there and say, well, I'm probably not going to some afterlife. But, you know, my ancestors probably did. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Where it's like I'm not, you know, counting on that or I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like the idea of like maybe there is no afterlife. Yeah. Well, I think going back to that idea of like uh, of maybe there is no afterlife. That's what Jesus actually settled was kind of like the 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 thing for us as Christians, because it was an open question until Jesus came along. That was like the big theological debate of whether or not there was a real heaven, an afterlife that that actually mattered. Remember, um, in Matthew's gospel, the Sadducees come up to him and saying, "All right, if there really is an afterlife and a and a resurrection, you know." Uh, then let's let's propose this this scenario with this woman who marries seven guys in her lifetime and all of which die, leaving her childless. Whenever the resurrection comes, whose wife is she going to be? And Jesus is like, you clearly don't understand the scriptures, you know. And um, and what Jesus goes on and saying, especially in like in John's gospel, you look at John chapter fourteen, and he says like, you know, where I am going, I go ahead to prepare a place for you. You know, and that's that definitive, like, like God wants us with him, you know, even, even before we understood really who Christ was, that he was God who came to be with us, we understood that Christ wanted us to be with him. Come to me, you who are weary and laden and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
You know, um, I go ahead to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may also be. On that day, you will know that the Father is in me and that I am in, in you. You know, this, this idea of that we are meant to be united. We are meant to be in Christ and with Christ. Um, and that's, that, that's the Christian hope. And that's the, um, that's the hope that, that I think is difficult to hold on to in the midst of, of suffering and real death. Uh, but it's the hope that Jesus died to give us, you know, and rose to give us is this idea of, um, you know, this is not what's final. Death doesn't have the last word, you know, and, uh, you know, it's it. And we want to remember our dead and we want to love our dead because they are very much still alive. They are united. Um, hopefully, we pray to Christ and to a certain degree, you know, to if they are. Uh, if they died in friendship with Christ, then they are in purgatory and they're on their way to heaven. And we want to uh, love them and help them on their journey as to to whatever extent that we can. That's why we pray for them. And we we try to help them along. Um, but that's uh, that's the whole point of the fifteenth chapter of Corinthians, right? It's this idea of like uh, if Christ has been raised from the dead and you are in Christ, then you too are going to be raised from the dead. This isn't it. This this is not the end. You know, this is. This is the beginning of, of eternal life. Yeah. I don't know if that's helpful to you at all or or, or anything, but um you know, it's 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 one thing to have the, the head knowledge of it all, but it's another thing to like, you know Feel live it. in the hope. Yeah, to live in the hope, right? It's 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 hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I understand. I know what Jesus said and I know that's right. the deal and i know that's what we've been taught and i hope that's the thing and then but then you know the scientific way of looking at your just worm food you know yeah so there's that too so but but you could have be both i guess or yeah i don't know so but i mean i don't stay up at night thinking about it it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, this is... Oh, I do. <laughs> yeah. Oblivion is like a big, scary thing in my mind. Because oh. I like existing. Oh, I do too. Yeah. I, I remember the fact of like, I was sitting there and I was like, I just don't want the TV to turn off. And I was like, that was my <laughs> metaphor of like, I'm a TV and it's on. Yeah. And, and sometimes yeah. it's on and nobody's watching or I don't know. And... I went through this whole thing. I was just so like, in, it was in high school or something. Like, probably when we were out drinking and stuff, and like hanging out at a friend's house, Jeremy's house, and being like, I just don't want to just be gone, and my right. consciousness be gone. That's the other thing too. Like with the reincarnation stories and stuff we were talking about, it's like with reincarnation, it's like, yeah, that's cool, but it's not my consciousness the whole time. Right. So. If there are past lives, because, you know, when people are like, well, you're an old soul or in a past life, I was probably an emperor or if I was a slave or, or I was a, a horse, whatever. But it's like, I don't know that. So I just don't want, you know, if I get reincarnated, the problem is I'm not going to be me anymore. I mean, I guess my soul will still be me, but I'm not going to remember it or be like, ah, I don't know. so it's like it's weird. So, yeah, I don't know. So, like, the oblivion, yeah, I don't like that. I don't want to just be gone and be gone, you yeah. know. 
and just like that's the thing like just the lights go out and that's it i don't know but then there was one time that i was just like hey you know if you fall asleep and you just don't wake up maybe it's fine and i think i came to peace with it but every so often i still think about it oh yeah I, yeah i have that same experience that's um you know, sometimes I can I can say like, yeah, I'm at peace with the idea that you know, by the time, uh, hopefully, by the time that that time comes for me, that I'm I'm old enough and tired enough to be like, yeah, this is fine. And if I wake up in heaven, I wake up in heaven. If I don't wake up at all, I'm okay with that too. But man, like most of the time, it like it super brings up anxiety in my life. This idea of like not existing. Um, yeah, it's uh. Cause I really do like you, like, uh, like don't turn the TV off. I very much like, like, like my consciousness. And, um, I think that's the big problem with things like what you mentioned with reincarnation or with the, um, the, the putting your consciousness into a computer or downloading your consciousness into a computer because it isn't you. That's- yeah. But if my consciousness is in the computer and I remember going into the computer, and I think it's me, or I mean, if I, if I am me there, then I'm okay with that. That's Put me that in the robot. Have body. you seen the Have you seen the movie Prestige? Is that the the magician movie? Yes, it's a magician movie where one of the one of the sets it's, it's com- competing magicians against each other. Yeah, one of the Hugh Jackman is, and yes, and, and it's Christian um, Bale. So Wolverine versus Batman with yeah. Alfred in the background. <laughs> yeah. And then um, Batman had a twin. That's how he did the magic trick, right? But Wolverine oh, spoilers. didn't. Oh, uh, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> the Wolverine didn't know how he was doing the magic trick. So Wolverine was like, he invented a way to clone himself. And so the, the way the magic trick actually worked in Wolverine's scenario is that he cloned himself and um, the, the clone died in the, during the magic trick. Uh, or no, the original him died during the Imagitrix, and the clone, with all of his consciousness or whatever, appears in the back of the stage and says like, "Oh yeah, I'm over here, guys," and then goes out and lives lives his life and does the does the thing again, and so he just constantly kills himself and and regenerates it as a clone. But there's this horrific scene where um, uh, Batman goes and he sees what actually Wolverine's magic trick is, and he sees the Wolverine inside the water that drowns. And he's like, oh my goodness. And he sees the graves of the Wolverines that have, uh, that have died in order for the magic trick to, to, to proceed. Because that's, that's, the, um, that's the fallacy. Is, is, the problem is, is once, once the clone or the, the robot consciousness or whatever it happens to be has a different set of experiences of the original, that is not you. That is a completely... No. You know what's what makes it you is the identi- the identicalness. But once there's a set of different experiences, that's no longer you. That is some new creation, something completely different that is very much like you, but not you. That's the problem I have with the ending of um, Big Hero Six. Is like that's that's not Big Hero Six because that's just a copy of his identity, and there's still another Big Hero Six. Um, inside some void somewhere that's just eventually going to run out of power or die or whatever that actually means for his character no 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 when your head goes in the <laughs> robot that's your head if i put my brain in the robot that's still me if i make a clone of me they think they're me but they're not me that's different 
So if I well, kill, that's... the idea is he did the thing wrong. He's supposed to be him in the back of the stage and kill the clones. And that <laughs> way he can always still live forever and the clones die. Yeah, that's not what he did. So you put mine in the robot body or I'll be a robot yeah. gorilla. You could be a robot tiger. Oh, have you ever seen C-Lab 2021? That sounds super familiar to me, but I, I don't know why. Uh, it was, this uh, was a 90s TV show? Kind of late 90s or early 2000s. It was a, it was a Adult Swim show. And what it was was there was an old 70s show by Hanna-Barbera when they did cartoons that were more action-adventure, kind of like Johnny Quest and stuff. Yeah, and they did one that was called Quest. C-Lab 2020. And it was a story about these, you know, the people living in this giant, like, sea base under the on the floor of the ocean. So what they did in this cartoon is they, they, you know, they pretty much took those old episodes and chopped up the old animation and this and that, redubbed it and made, you know, uh, you know, a, a, a comedy. And it was a 15-minute thing. In the very first episode, they're talking about putting their their brains into the robots mm. and the whole thing is like the one guy the captain's like i'm gonna make our adrian barbeau robot because she was you know hot in the 70s or early 80s <laughs> and that's where i'm gonna put mine in and the guy marco he's like i'm gonna be a robot gorilla stronger than a <laughs> hundred humans and stuff and then there were other guys who are like yeah, and then when we have the robot-human war, that guy's first to die. And then they're like, but what about this? That's not going to look good in a robot church. And the guy's like, Rome can't tell me what to do. It's like, hey, I got to tell you, it's a sin in the eyes of the robot church. We don't need Rome telling us what to do. <laughs> and it was this whole thing when they kept talking about how their robot bodies would work out or something. And it's just hilarious and they're like can robots have sex and the one guy's like knocking those robot boots yeah baby knocking those robot boots <laughs> <laughs> it just got like robot 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 and the strength of 10 men or 10 gorillas no not 10 men 10 gorillas and and it was this whole thing and then the problem was there was i guess the the joke of it was that there were these parts of the the base that were imploding because of structure failure and there's one guy who's trying to fix it all and everybody's still talking about these robots so they don't know this impending doom happening to the base and the guy who saved them all said see look i'm really a robot or something it was so yeah but then like the robot consciousness though but look at that in the netflix film that uh bina 48 was the consciousness of um or had all of her memories and all of her personality and all that stuff programmed into it of the Bina that's still living. You know, and she would respond the same way as the Bina that's still living, but she's not she's not the same person. Oh yeah, that's see the, that's the thing. That's why I'm saying that's like getting your little um your little free your your snapshot of your great grandfather. So right. my great grandfather's not here, but this is kind of what he would be saying. Right. If, right. If you know because I never but met that, my great grandfather, but this—if I had the the robot great grandfather, Ricardo Sinent, he could, you know, spout out things in Italian and, you know, call everybody Luigi or whatever he used to do. The podcast great grandfather. Yeah. 
the podcast great grandpa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If your if your great grandfather had a podcast uh, where he Oh where yeah, he well, I mean, shared I guess, yeah. all his thoughts. <laughs> I guess that's what we can do. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what's kind of cool. It reminds me of that old uh, um philosophy thought experiment of uh, um so imagine that um uh, teleportation becomes a thing but the way that teleportation works is it uh, basically scans your body and um, deconstructs you uh, which basically kills you uh, but then using the matter reconstructs you in another in another place right and that's how uh, uh, that's how it ends up actually working as a as a teleportation it's a complete deconstruction to a complete reconstruction and so everybody agrees that if um, if you are deconstructed uh, at one place and reconstructed in another place, that's still you in that other place. But if you change the scenario just slightly, let's say rather than um, deconstructing you, it scans you and then just reconstructs a, an additional you, a clone, so to speak. Oh, makes a new another- you? Mm-hmm. Because let's say that the planet that you're like on... Like a fax machine. machine. Yeah, like a fax machine. Like the planet you're on is about to explode. And so the only way off of it is to uh, scan yourself into this starship that's going to save all the people or whatever that's flying away. And so like you scan yourself and then you're on that starship. Uh, but now you have two beings that are supposedly identical. Uh, but now one of them, or now they're both going to have separate experiences of reality. And so once they have, once that, uh, the reason why the, the destruction, the, the deconstruction of one and reconstruction in, in the other area is the same person is because the experiences are, are identical. You're still having all of the, everything is the same, not just the DNA, but all the experience well, is the same. Yeah, but, but plus there's other, not two. Right. In the other scenario. You take it apart and have, put it back together. Like I could take my car apart and mail it to China and they could put it back together. It's still the same car. But right. if they make a 3D printer version of my car somewhere else, then it's the same car, but it's not because I still got this car. Right, and that's the problem with the uh, the the uh, downloading your consciousness into a computer, because uh, you'll you'll have the uh, supposed new being in the computer, uh, but you'll have your current existence still that is. Uh, um, uh, that is having a different different experiences that is not that are not downloaded into the computer, and thus no, you're a no, being. no. You put your bot, you put the brain and all that stuff in there, and there's no. It's a cont- linear thought into the robot. So it's you download your soul into the computer into the machine. That's uh, that is that's Truth Seeker. Watch it's Truth like, Seeker. What? That's what they do. Okay, that's what that's the the main premise of the show is they're downloading souls into these machines and it's really interesting. Cool. Let's close it out. Yeah, let's close it out. Um What do we want to say here? Uh hey, I found uh, uh you remember those the the posters that we got from the anonymous person? Mhm. There was a uh, a thumb drive that went with it. That was inside the bag at the bottom of the bag. And there's a little note in there. Um, it's still anonymous, but it was just somebody saying that uh, um, uh, that uh, they're just really thankful and they wanted to um, to do something uh, to kind of say they're thankful. 
And so I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And so, Thankful for so the shout podcast. out to. Well, uh, the podcast is the way they wanted to say thank you, but they're thankful for the, the ministry and what we did at St. Francis of Assisi Aww. and what we created over there. And um, just, uh, and they know that how much we care about the podcast. So it was very much a, you know, you know, the, that's the, he, he uh, wanted to be um, anonymous on there. And so um, he says that uh, he, he wants to be known as one of many. He's like, there's, there's a lot of people who are, who've affected by us because of the ministry at St. Francis of Assisi. And this is how they wanted to say, thank you. It was just a, a little anonymous, a uh, couple of posters um, and the, the little thank you note in there. And so, Shout out to to that guy and uh, thank you so much for for the posters. They mean a lot to us and and your kind words and uh, yeah. Well, wait, what's on the thumb drive? A, a letter and the and the posters. Oh, so okay. We can, we can reproduce the posters if we want to. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and so that was cool. Um, anything else we want to say? Uh, any other thank yous or shout outs or things like that? Um. No, just uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. It's coming up soon. Stay safe. Keep your distance, I guess. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, be uh, be safe. Uh, um, take care of Thanksgiving, guys. It's going to be a weird one because I know many of us are used to either traveling or having people over, and I know a lot of us are reducing that. We're staying Still lots of things to be thankful for. Oh, yeah, exactly. And pray for the dead. It's you know, still November, so you can do all that. And but whatever. So um, hit us up on the Instagrams or Facebook or yeah. Um, review our podcast. Yeah, baby, knocking those robot boots.